This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by Lord Adam, the young bull of House Parker. Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Today we are discussing the Crips of Winterfell. Yes. Yeah, you know, this is something that Lord Adam Parker has sent us a while back. Um, something he's been messaging us about. A very long theory that we want to discuss more in Raven's Nest, but because of its length, uh, Sir Ezra and I have just been talking. We want to get this out here, get this to you guys. So when we do Raven's Nest next week, you guys will have kind of a, um, uh, you can see it ahead of time. Yeah, and, and you, you've heard it. Uh, you'll hear us discuss just at the end, just a couple additions. Uh, we don't want to take away anything from his his thoughts or theories here because it's really good. Um, there are lots of different, you know, um, beliefs or ideas on what is in the Crypts of Winterfell, but I think he lays this out mm-hmm. really well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, my friend, I think we're just going to take it, you know, kind of, we'll go back and forth and, and read it, and then we will discuss uh, at the end, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. All righty. All right. Hey, guys, this is my longest Raven yet, and it needs to get heard before the new season comes out. I'm going to talk uh, about my liege lords, the Starks, the old Stark kings of winter, and the Crypts of Winterfell. Spoiler warning, obviously, this could be 100% true or not even close. Also, I'm not the first to come up with these theories, but I haven't seen um, any go as in-depth as I'm about to go. Yeah, this could be 100% true. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, The Starks, winter is coming. A bloodline 8,000 years old. Blood of the first men flow through their veins. These old kings in the north, some of them had done terrible things. But they were Starks, every one. These Starks were uh, feared. Oh, my sweet summer child, what do you know of fear? Fear is for the winter, when the snow falls a hundred feet deep and the ice winds comes uh, howling out of the north, when the sun hides its face for years at a time, and little children are born and live and die all in darkness, while the direwolves grow gaunt and hungry, and the white walkers move through the woods." Old Dan, a Game of Thrones. This was until the last hero talked to the children of the forest, learned that the others can be killed by using dragonglass. This meeting took place at the Isle of Faces in the God's Eye. The Isle of Faces is located in the middle of Westeros, north of King's Landing, and south of the Vale. I believe after this new pact was formed, the Children of the Forest and Brand the Builder and the Last Hero were able to drive the Gods of Winter back north and defeated them at Winterfell, the exact spot where Winter fell. Brand the Builder named the castle Winterfell as a reminder of the fact that the long night is over and winter has fallen. Winterfell is the ancestral seat of House Stark. According to legend, it was built by Brandon the Builder, the first king in the north, around the same time that he raised the wall some 8,000 years ago. This makes Winterfell possibly the oldest uh, continually inhabited fortress in Westeros. Over the millennia, many parts of the castle have collapsed, and been rebuilt, leaving the castle as a collection of numerous keeps, towers, barracks, and two layers of granite walls. The outer walls are 80 feet high, with a deep moat lying just inside it. The inner walls are 100 feet tall. The great keep of Winterfell lies within the innermost walls. There are several gates through the walls, one leading to the neighboring Wintertown, and the Hunter's Gate, which leads directly towards the nearby Wolf's Wood and Fields. There is also an East Gate and a King's Gate. The oldest part of the castle is the God's Wood. Three acres of ash and oak trees, among others, with a heart tree at the center. The God's Wood is where the Starks and the retainers pray to the old gods. One of the oldest parts of the castle itself is the Crypt, where the bones of the Lords of Winter and the Kings in the North before them lie. The first keep was the first fortress to be built on the site of Winterfell, consisting of around of a round fortress and a tall tower attached to it. Both are now in ruin. 
The tower was struck by lightning 140 years ago and has never been repaired. The castle was built over natural springs. Hot water is piped from the springs through the castle's chambers to warm them. There are glass gardens where food is grown even in the midst of winter, and this is kept heated by the waters of the springs. Some supporting quotes. In legend, Brandon the Builder had used giants to help raise Winterfell, but John did not want to confuse the issue. That's John 5, A Storm of Swords. Brandon the Builder built within its walls. The castle sprawls across several acres of land, encompassing many freestanding buildings. The oldest of these, a long-abandoned tower, round and squat and covered with gargoyles, had become known as the First Keep, the World of Ice and Fire. Thousands and thousands of years ago, Brandon the Builder had raised Winterfell, and some said the Wall. That's in Bran for A Game of Thrones. The greatest castle of the North is Winterfell, the seat of the Starks since the Dawn Age. Legend says that Brandon the Builder raised Winterfell after the generation-long winter known as the Long Night to become the stronghold of his descendants, the Kings of Winter. As Brandon the Builder is connected with an impossible number of great works. Um, reference there, the World of Ice and Fire, the North, Winterfell. The other great works built by Brandon the Builder include the incredibly high tower in Old Town. The tower, we are told, rose 200 feet above the harbor. Some say it was designed by Brandon the Builder. It was only with the building of the fifth tower, the first to be made entirely of stone, that the high tower became a seat worthy of a great house. That tower, we are told, rose 200 feet above the harbor. Some say it was designed by Brandon the Builder. He helped build Storm's End, a castle famously known to be God-proof. This is explained in The World of Ice and Fire, The Stormlands. In their wrath, they, the gods, sent howling winds and lashing rains to knock down every castle Durin dared to build, until a young boy helped him erect one so strong and cunning um, made that it, could be, that it could defy their gales. The boy grew to be Brandon the Builder. Durin became the first Storm King. A seventh castle he raised, most massive of all. Some said the children of the forest helped him build it. Shaping the stones with magic, others claimed that a small boy told him what to do, a boy who would grow to be Brandon the Builder. Uh, and that is Catelyn III, A Clash of Kings. Lastly, but not least, he built the wall. According to A Storm of Swords, Samuel V, Maester Eamon, uh, calm as always, said, Your Grace... The Night's Watch has been choosing its own leader since Brandon the Builder raised the wall. Sam tells Bran, The wall is more than just ice and stone, he said. There are spells woven into it, old ones and strong. Sam to Bran and four in a storm of swords. Winterfell doesn't seem as special as Brandon's other works. Each of these structures are amazing in some way, but Winterfell, by comparison, just isn't. Tyrion points out, quote, he remembered Winterfell as he had seen it last, uh, not as grotesquely huge as Harrenhal, nor as solid or impregnable to look at as Storm's End, yet there had been a great strength in those stones, a sense that within these, those walls, a man might feel safe, end quote. Why would Bran the Builder not build his future generation's home to be a mighty fortress? Winterfell is certainly a stronghold, but, but for starters, it's not that big. That's what she said. Sansa, I mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> quote, the, the first keep was simple enough, an old round drum tower. Bren exclaimed, quote, that brought, up, that brought you up to the blind side of the first keep, the oldest part of the castle, a squat round fortress that was taller than it looked, end quote. That's Bran 2, A Game of Thrones. And Winterfell doesn't seem to be a part of some grand design either. Quote, Builders had not even leveled the earth. There were hills and valleys behind the walls of Winterfell. Brand won a Game of Thrones. Quote, The entrance to the crypts was in the oldest section of the castle, near the foot of the first keep, which 
had sat unused for hundreds of years. That's in the Turncloak, A Dance of Dragons. Comparing Brandon's other buildings and Winterfell, the other buildings are godproof and built with magic. So why would Winterfell be any different? Perhaps Winterfell is not different. And it, too, was built as a godproof magical structure. The castle itself is peculiar in that the Starks did not level the ground when laying down the foundations and walls of the castle. Very likely, this reveals that the castle was built in pieces over the years rather than being planned as a single structure. Some scholars suspect that it was once a, comp a complex of linked ring forts, though the centuries have uh, eradicated almost all evidence of this. That's from the World of Ice and Fire. The Crypt of Winterfell, located near the First Keep, is where members of House Stark are buried. The underground crypts are long and narrow, with pillars moving two by two along its length. Beneath, uh, Between pillars stand the graves of the Starks of Winterfell, the likeness of the dead seated on thrones with iron swords set bef before them to keep the restless spirits from wandering, and snarling direwolves at their feet. The crypts are located deep deep under the earth, cavernous and bigger than the complex above ground. They are, accessed, they are accessed by a twisting stone stair and a huge ironwood door that lies at a slant to the floor. The stair continues below to older levels where the most ancient kings of the north are entombed. The statues have been mentioned many times by both Ned and John in Dreams, a Game of Thrones Eddard one. By ancient custom, an iron longsword had been laid across the lap of each who had been Lord of Winterfell to keep the vengeful spirits in their crypts. The oldest had long ago rusted away to nothing, leaving only a few red stains where the metal had rested on stone. Ned wondered if that meant the ghosts were free to roam the castle now. He hoped not. A Game of Thrones, Eddard 13. He was walking through the crypts beneath Winterfell, as he had walked a thousand times before. The kings of winter watched him pass with eyes of ice. A Game of Thrones, John 4. And then I found myself in front of the door to the crypts. Somehow I know I, I, know I, have, to, I have to go down there, but I don't want to. I'm afraid of what, I might, what might be waiting for me. The old kings of winter are down there, sitting on their thrones with stone wolves at their feet and iron swords across their laps. But it's not them I'm afraid of. I scream that I'm not a Stark. This isn't my place, but it's no good. I have to go anyway. If it gets darker and darker, it gets darker and darker until I want to scream. A Game of Thrones, John 7. He was wandering the empty castle, searching for his father, descending into the crypts. Only this time, the dream had gone further than before. In the dark, he'd heard the scrape of stone on stone. When he turned, he saw the vaults were open, one after the other, as the dead kings came stumbling through their cold black graves. A Storm of Swords, John 7. He dreamt he was in Winterfell, limping past the stone kings and their stones. The granite eyes turned to follow him as he passed, and their gray granite fingers tightened on the hilts of their rusted swords upon their laps. You are no Stark. He could hear them mutter in heavy granite voices. This is, there is no place for you here. Go away. And he walked deeper into the darkness. After a while, the dream of the crypts began to haunt him. Uh, a Storm of Swords, Samwell 4. I don't even dream of ghosts anymore. All my dreams are of the crypts, of the stone kings on their thrones. Sometimes I hear Rob's voice and my father's as if they were at a feast. But there's a wall between us, and I know that there is no place No place has been set for me. We know from Varamir and the Children of the Forest that souls migrate after death, joining the Weirwood Trees. But for some reason, the Starks want to bind their spirits to their tombs. And the dead Starks seem to be uh, sentinels guarding the crypts from the non-Starks. Legend says that Brandon the Builder raised Winterfell after the generation, long winter known as the Long Night, to become the stronghold of his descendants, the Kings of Winter. It's from the World of Ice and Fire. So maybe Brandon the Builder wasn't planning the mighty castle that Winterfell would become. Maybe instead he was building a subterranean prison. If so, that's why the first men, uh, the first keep, just seems unimpressive because of the bulk of his labor took place underground. The vault was cavernous, longer than Winterfell itself, and John told him once 
that there were other levels underneath. Vaults even deeper and darker where the older kings were buried. Brand 7, A Game of Thrones. Winterfell has another interesting feature. The castle has been built over a natural hot springs, and the scalding water rushed through its walls and chambers like blood through a man's body, driving the chill from these stone halls, filling the glass gardens with a most warmth with a moist warmth keeping the earth from freezing. Open pools smoked day and night in a dozen small courtyards. This was a little thing in summer. In winter, the, it was the difference between life and death. Catelyn II, A Game of Thrones. So let's review. Winterfell began as the first keep, which, despite appearing mundane, required the skill of Bran the Builder and giants to construct. The first keep has an enormous crypt buried deep beneath it and was specifically built over hot springs. Its construction occurred just after the Long Night ended, after the others were defeated. At this point, some of you may wonder if there's something in the crypts. Why hasn't it been seen? The children spent a lot of time in the crypts. Well, the deepest part of the crypts have collapsed, and as far as we know, it may have been purposely collapsed to trap something inside. The crypts are strongly fortified by large granite pillars. There's no real reason they should have collapsed on their own. There are lower levels. Older. The lowest level is partially collapsed, I hear. I have never been down there. He pushed the door open and led them into a long vaulted tunnel where uh, mighty granite pillars marched two by two into blackness. Theon, a dance of dragons. Mm. Despite all the geological warmth coming from underground, it's still a very cold place. It's very odd that a subterranean structure on top of hot springs would be cold. Quote, the way was narrow and steep. The steps wore in the center by centuries of feet. He had always thought of the crypts as cold, and so they seemed in summer. Just now, as they descended, the air grew warmer. Not warm, never warm, but warmer than above. Down there below the earth, it would, be, it would seem the chill was constant, unchanging. The Turncloak, A Dance of Dragons. He led the way between the pillars, and Robert followed wordlessly, shivering in the subterranean chill. It was always cold down there. Eddard won A Game of Thrones. Underground caverns surrounded by heat. Sounds like the logical place to imprison a god of ice magic, right? Deep in these vaults, the Starks could be holding a creature of ice. This would explain why the crypts are colder than the rest of the castle. The further you travel down towards the god of ice, the colder it would get. There must be a Stark in Winterfell. Has been said more times than winter is coming. Ned said in words that would uh, broke no argument, quote, You must govern the north in my stead while I run Robert's errands. There must always be a Stark in Winterfell. It is known that the Starks have to be in Winterfell. They're not given a lot of detail. There is not given a lot of detail for this, but it may have to do with the enchantment that holds the Great Other within its prison. We know the Starks are blood descendants of Bran the Builder, and blood magic is the strongest kind of magic. The presence of a Stark is required to maintain the bonds that keep winter from escaping. Meanwhile, if, this, if, the, if the blood spell is broken, there must be some safeguards. One particular safeguard is the old kings of winter and their direwolf statues. The Starks hold the spirits of winter within its crypts, also with iron. The door to the crypts was made of ironwood. It was old and heavy and lay as slant to the ground. The door was located in the oldest section of Winterfell near the first keep, Clash of Kings, Bran 7. Old Nan tells us there were cold things, dead things, that hated iron. A Game of Thrones, Bran 4. So there you have it. The Starks earned their names of the Kings of Winter by imprisoning and controlling winter with hot springs, magic, and iron. During the Age of Heroes, these the weapons were made from bronze, yet the Starks had iron. Present-day swords are made from steel, not iron. Obsidian or dragonglass can kill a White Walker, but iron makes him bend to your will. In addition, George R.R. R. Martin has said Valyrians were unable to infuse iron with spells and blood magic and twisted it into unusual shapes. I believe there is one 
religion in the Seven Kingdoms, and that is Rolor versus the Great Other, fire and ice. When I mention the Great Other, I am referring to the God of Winter, the God of Death. Anyone can serve the God of Winter, mainly the White Walkers or the Others. They are called the Others because those people uh, don't know what they are named. I believe there has always been White Walkers and there always will be White Walkers. Perhaps the children of the forest created the White Walkers as a way to defeat the First Men. Maybe not. It does not matter to our story. Also, let's not get confused here. The Great Other is a terribly powerful god, and housing it underneath a castle does not come without consequences. It could be argued that the Starks serve the Great Other, but I don't think that's the case. The Starks believe in the Old Gods, but who are the Old Gods? The Old Gods are just the god of light and the god of dark. I do, I do believe that the Starks have so much in common with the White Walkers, slash the Others. The White Walkers' crystal swords are thin and sharper than any razor. In the prologue, they are described as, quote, alive with moonlight, uh, translucent, a shard of crystal so thin it seems almost to vanish when seen um, edge on. There was a faint blue shimmer to the thing, a ghost light that played around its edges, end quote. To be clear, they are at times called crystal blades because they are crystals of ice, not stone slash silicon crystals. George R.R. R. Martin has stated that the White Walker's blades are indeed made of ice, though in the same sense that Valyrian steel can be made, uh, can be said to be made of iron. Just as the White Walkers can magically tease out, tease out ice into various shapes and imbue the ice with spells that make it stronger and sharper than any sword. As Martin said, the White Walkers, quote, can do things with ice that we can't imagine, end, end quote. Uh, do you know who else has always had an ancestral sword named Ice? The Starks have always had a family sword named Ice. Um, Catelyn explains the name is much older than the great sword we know as Ice. Quote, it had been forged in Valyria before the Doom uh, had come to the old Freehold, when the ironsmiths had worked their metal with spells as well as hammers. 400 years old it was, and as sharp as the day it was forged. The name it bore was still older, a legacy from the Age of Heroes when the Starks were kings in the north. Catelyn won a Game of Thrones. Quote, Starks were not like other men. Starks were made for the cold. Catelyn too, a Game of Thrones. Uh, you Starks are made of ice. Peter Baelish in Eddard IV, a Game of Thrones. Since the Age of Heroes, the Starks have been the symbol of ice and cold and winter. The phrase, winter is coming, is thought to remind us of this coming White Walker doom. Weird phrase for the oldest house in Westeros to say after they've just defeated the enemy and imprisoned a god. Maybe you could argue the Starks serve as a reminder that there are other things out there than politics and the game of future thrones. But let's take a, a look at another strong, fierce house, House Targaryen. She was the blood of the dragon, and the fire was in her. I will take back what's mine with fire and blood. Sounds like them are fighting words. Remember, these northern these Northmen are hardened men, and the Starks are not like other men. Catelyn II, A Game of Thrones. These Starks were the kings of winter, and winter is coming. If you ruled over Ireland, you might be called the king of the Irish. If you ruled over Britain, you might be called the king of Britain. And the British are coming. If you rule over winter, you might be the kings of winter, and winter is coming. Winter is coming is the phrase of these old kings in the north. Some of them had done terrible things, but they were Starks, every one. Bran, uh, Bran 7, A Clash of Kings. The old Stark kings conquered the north. They did this uh, with such force over time, the north feared the Starks so much they bent the knee to the, to the tough kings. Thus the Starks took it upon themselves to unify the north under them. They drove the pirates out of White Knife and claimed the eastern eastern coast and married the Marsh King's daughter for the neck. A Stark wrestled a uh, wrestle, uh, wrestled for Bear Island and won, or so they say. Silly stories all. Blood and steel won the North, and the Starks had the most of both. Bruce Bolton. Davos hears a story of an old Stark king. Brandon's ice eyes. A long, cruel winter fell. 
The white knife froze hard, and even the uh, firth was icing up. The winds came howling from the north and drove them uh, drove the slavers inside to huddle round their fires. And while they warmed themselves, the new king came down on them. Brandon Stark, this was. Edric Snowbeard's great-grandson, him, him that men called Ice Eyes. He took the wolf's den back, stripped the slavers naked, and gave them to the slaves he'd, for, he'd found chained up in the dungeons. It's said they hung their entrails in the branches of a heart tree as an offering to the gods. The old gods, not these new ones from the south. Your seven don't know winter, and winter don't know them. Davos, a dance with dragons. Another fierce Stark's king is King Theon, who defended the north during the Andal invasion. Theon defeated the Andal warlord Argos Sevenstar in the Battle of the Weeping Water. Not satisfied with his uh, win, embodied the words, Winter is coming. In In that, the kings of winter then sailed across the narrow sea to the coast of Andalos with Argos' body displayed on the prow of his ship like a figurehead. Theon burned a score of Andal villages, killing hundreds and capturing three uh, tower houses and a fortified sept. The king displayed the spiked heads of his victim along the coastline to deter future invaders. Without getting into all of the kings, I'll leave you with the story of Brandon the Shipwright and his son Brandon the Burner. Brandon the Shipwright sailed west to the summer to the Sunset Sea and was never heard from again, and so his son sought the remaining ship and burned them all, earning the name Brandon the Burner. These Stark kings were so fierce because the great because of the great other trapped below their great house. So the kings of winter wore an iron crown to keep them from completely being taken over from the dark ice magic from their prisoner. Catelyn recalls the description of the crown as an open circlet of hammered bronze uh, incised with runes of the first men, surmounted by nine black iron spikes wrought in the shape of longwoods. Of gold and silver and gemstones, it had none. Bronze and iron were the metals of winter, dark and strong to fight against the cold. Catelyn won a clash of kings. The last egregious hardened Stark I will mention was no king of winter until he was. Whatever you call him, there's no denying he was a hero. Let's talk about years after the long night, after Brandon the Builder and the last hero. Guess who's back? Something shady's back. Um, (sighs) They are here to free their god, and this time a new hero has to be chosen to defeat the others. Who would, you, who would you choose to be your champion against Winter? I wouldn't choose a Bolton or an Umber, nor Flint or Nori or Woodfoot. No, I'd choose a Stark. I, uh, I'd choose a Stark who knows no fear, maybe the king's brother. After this fearless Stark was chosen to defeat the others, he decided he needed a hero's weapon. So... 183 days later, his sword is forged after he asked his wife, Nisa Nisa, to bear her breast. He drove his sword into her living heart, her soul combining with the steel of the sword, creating Lightbringer, the red sword of heroes. Long story short, he saves the day. This hero decides he's going to join the Night's Watch. Makes sense, since his brother is the king and he is a great hero, and his wife is dead. Now he can be on the first line of defense in case the others attack again, and because dot 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 wildlings. He gets promoted quickly to the position of Lord Commander, while the Night's Watch is still guarding the Night Fort. One day, the, quote, 13th uh, man to lead the Night's Watch, a warrior who knew no fear, uh, and that was the fault in him, for all men must know fear. A woman was his downfall. A woman glimpsed from atop the wall, with skin as white as the moon and eyes like blue stars. Fearing nothing, he chased her and caught her. Brand four, a storm of swords. Could this woman be none other than Nisa Nisa? Brand continues to remember old Nan's tales. Fearing nothing, he chased her and caught her and loved her, though her skin was cold as ice. And he gave his seed to her. He gave his soul as well. He brought her back to the night fort and proclaimed her queen and himself king. And with strange sorceries, he bound the sworn brothers to his will. For 13 years, they had ruled. 
the Night's King and his corpse queen, till finally the Stark of Winterfell, who we know to be Brandon the Breaker and Joramon of the Wildlings, had joined to free the Watch from bondage. After his fall, when it was found he had been sacrificing to the others, all records of the kings of the Night Kings uh, had been destroyed, his very name forbidden. By the time the Night's King was brought down, he was making sacrifices to the others. He was sacrificing his own children. The Night's King and the Night's Queen were ruling the wall for 13 years. Since the number 13 was repeated so often, it's likely they sacrificed 13 sons, and they were turned into White Walkers, just like Craster's sons. You might be thinking, Lord Parker, Azor High is an Essos tale. Well, you're right. Since this tale was banished by the kings of winter, who were quite possibly the kings of all Westeros, none of the blood of the first men can repeat this story and mention the Night King's name. However, Brandon the Breaker wasn't the only one to defeat his brother, King Joramon beyond the wall helped too, and the free folk were free to talk and spread rumors. Being north of the wall is a tough life for the wildlings, but they couldn't flee south of the wall. But they could flee to Essos. I believe the wildlings who went to the Essos told the tale, and since it has been spread to the Andals. Over the years, the Stark hero and his wife's name were translated to Azor High and Nisa Nisa. As I previously mentioned, White Walkers have been around and always will be around. What the Lord, the 13th Lord Commander did was become their leader. When the Knight's King gave his seed to the Knight's Queen, he gave his soul as well. Giving a White Walker your soul would turn you into a White Walker, essentially. We see this with Craster's sacrificed sons. And the same is true with the Knight's King. The once great hero Azor Ahai became a soulless ice being that we know today as the Knight King. He is the new leader of the others. What happened to Nisa Nisa? Azor Ahai killed her out of love and passion. She's dead. She became a corpse, but unlike normal death, she was killed out of love and passion. Her soul left her body and was taken into the sword. While Azor Ahai was off fighting a battle, Nisa Nisa, Nisa as a White Walker corpse, went to look after him. Eventually, he noticed her from atop the wall. After Brandon the Breaker and Jormon defeated Azor Ahai, then banished him to the lands of Always Winter, they kept Nisa Nisa locked away in the crypts of Winterfell, where it is warm and her powers are not strong enough to allow her to escape. Now in present-day Westeros, what is the Night King doing? He's trying to free Nisa Nisa, of course. The Night King has had six to 8,000 years. Why now? Magic had begun to go out of the world the day the last dragon died, Tyrion XI, A Clash of Kings. Magic is back in the world. Dragons were born again, and Westeros magic is stronger now uh, that dragons are back in the world. The dragons are growing in size, and magic is growing more powerful. The Night King obviously couldn't make his attack when Valyria was in full power, because they would easily burn him with their fire dragons. Furthermore, now is the time to strike, when, for the first time, the Starks have all left Winterfell. In the House of the Undying... Undying, Daenerys's vision glowing like a like sunset. A red sword was raised into the hand of a blue-eyed king who cast no shadow. I believe that Danny's vision will come true. I think the Night King still has Lightbringer, and when he finally gets to Winterfell, he will hold up the sword and stab Nisa Nisa, putting her spirit and soul back into her body and break the icy curse to live out their days in peace, allowing spring to come again and winter to disappear forever. Another note. What if Brandon the Breaker came across a baby that looked like a Stark? Could the King of Winterfell really kill his own brother's baby? Could possibly the Stark's bloodline come from the others? Even if our favorite characters, Ned, Sansa, and Jon. If so, then Jon would truly be would be truly the, uh, the Song of Ice and Fire, with ice magic in the Night King and White Walkers, and fire magic of the Targaryens of Old Valyria. Maybe the, the prince that was promised was a prince that was promised to the great others, and Prince John will become the new king of winter. The Starks have manned the wall for thousands of years, Some same reason the Starks have to always be in Winterfell. The last hero came to an agreement with last hero, or 
they realize Obsidian is killing them and is uh, retreated. There are 12 White Walkers in the show when we meet the Night King for the very first time. So there's just some closing uh, kind of just uh, additional thoughts there. Um, So, yeah, so Sir Ezra, initial kind of takeaways. Well, initial takeaways, wow, and um, well-written. I I, I really like um, his thoughts and and the evidence that he provided. You know, we've asked for a long time, just like, like when you add in some of the text to back up what you're saying, I think that's I think that's huge. You know, one of the things that I that I first thought when I first started reading this was that, uh, sort of as a joke here, that there is no way that the Night King will ever sit the Iron Throne because, as Lord Adam, uh, you know, uh, points out, the Night King hates iron, right? I mean, they, like iron and, yeah. and fire, uh, the touch of of these things, you know, is not uh, pleasing to them, and, and actually can can maybe ward them off or bend them to your will, as Old Nan says. So they hate every creature with hot blood uh, in its veins. So that is really interesting, you know. And, and the, these um, the kings of winter have their iron, you know, swords laid over their laps. Um, what is it that they're that they're protecting? You know, I mean, it, I I mean, I almost thought too. It's making me think all sorts of things. So I don't want to take anything away from what he, from what Lord Adam Parker said. I just want to add to it mm-hmm. because it's it's that good, and I think we want in Raven's Nest folks to add to it as well. Like, those swords laying across their laps, it's like, you know, if the Night King can raise the dead, um, you know, perhaps that's just one, instead of their bodies being raised or whatever, you know, like, there's this, there's iron around, there's an iron door to protect people and stuff. I don't know, does that, can we hide behind iron, you know, is, 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 was one of my thoughts. Um, so, I don't know, I love it. You know, the whole bit about uh, uh, Brandon the Builder, you know, and then possibly his descendants if not his grandson or son, if that's if that becomes Brandon the Breaker, um, you know, we talked about Brandon the Breaker and Jormon beyond the wall uh, coming together to, to put down the 13th Lord Commander. Uh, the Night's King was basically what he's saying is that the Night's King, you know, was Azora High, you know, and that um, their names. The reason we have this, um, the, you know, Azora High and Nisa Nisa, those names, as he said, you know, we're, we're talking about the last hero which is what the North talks about, the last hero. But then in Essos, Azor Ahai and Nisa Nisa are the names that they have. And then, well, and he explains that by um, the idea that the wildlings or others would go across to Essos and they came up with those names. You know, they they were, the the names were either lost in time. And so they fabricated some names perhaps, you know, that's kind of interesting. I think it's really, I think it's really neat um, to think about. So your thoughts, Sir Matt. Yeah. First of all, I mean, obviously, wow. Uh, thank you for obviously the well detailed, very well put together uh, theory with lots of references, and it uh, you know it flows very well. So, uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you, obviously, to Lord Adam Parker first for for sending that to us. Um, yeah, I mean, he raises a lot of really good questions and and provides a lot of really good point points. You know, the the idea of first of all, winter is coming, right? Mm-hmm. Is it is it a warning or is it a battle cry? Yeah. Um, there must always be a Stark and Winterfell. Yeah, I like that. Know? Yeah. Why is it is it is it just a you know a Lannister always pays their debts kind of a thing? Because mm. or is it no? There must always be a Stark and Winterfell. Like yeah. there is a deeper, darker um, meaning to it as well. I think both of those things are are, are very good. I like that he referenced a lot of the old Stark Kings and, and kind of what happens with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it just goes to, you know, because I think a lot of times when we think about the, the family histories of, of people, we just kind of think like Targaryens, you know, like, yeah. Okay. You know, Lannister's bad. Right. You know, Stark's like always good. Right. But that's not always, that's not always the case. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I I, I like I, I like that as well. Yeah, I, I thought the whole terrible Starks bit, you know, the idea that they um, had to wear the Iron Crown to sort of protect against that influence or uh, some type of sorcery, whether it's Nisa Nisa that they're keeping or the Great Other. I think he kind of said, you know, both of those things could be in the crimps in in, in the crypts of Winterfell. Um, you know that that is that is interesting. We've seen in the, like the the teaser trailer, you know, where we have John. Arya and Sansa, they are in the crypts of Winterfell, you know, looking at their own mm-hmm. statues. And then we saw in the trailer, we see Varys and others, what I believe is 
they're all huddled down in the crypts of Winterfell. And, you know, he's right. There, There is a, you know, the, the, the depths of it, you know, there's a level that has collapsed and people cannot get to it. Was it collapsed for a reason? Did they not want, you know, maybe maybe there's a whole bunch beyond where it's cla- a, a collapse, but they knew that, you know, um, children or other people could, could walk down there. They didn't want anybody to get down into um, the crypts, you know, further down in the lower levels, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So, and, and one thing to help make this a little bit clearer, because I've read it a couple of times, the... Um, that first keep, you know, that Brandon the Builder built, he talks about how, why is it that all these other works that Brandon the Builder made were so spectacular and, you know, uh, God-proof and what have you? Well, really, it looks like, you know, what Brandon the Builder did with the Crypts of Winterfell, like his great achievements are actually under the ground, you know, and that they're spread out. There's a vast network underneath the ground. I mean, we, some people have have thought that there's a an actual tunnel that either leads to the wall or over to White Harbor or different places that there are, you know, different tunnels that, that could lead them out to safety if, if need be. But so I thought that was kind of neat, you know, to, to explain why wouldn't Brandon the Builder build, you know, something like Storm's End, some great, huge, magical fortress. And really it's because it's hiding in plain sight, you know, you, this, this, um, this prison really for either the great other or Nisa Nisa. So I thought that was well explained. Mm hmm. But. Yeah, yeah, as well. Well, and yeah, if it was originally designed to be a crypt, right? Then uh-huh. you know, then it's it doesn't it's, it, the it could have been built up later. You yeah. Know? Well, yeah, yeah. I was even over, thinking over time. Also, also, yeah. really, uh, the, with the idea with the idea of building Winterfell, what is there that you need protection from? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you have the enormous wall behind you, and then you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's hard to invade the north, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's it's it gets snowy and cold and stuff like that. Right, right. And you know, it it almost seems like too, if you think about it, if you think of the crypts of Winterfell, it's like let's talk about the very deepest level to that crypt, okay? That we can't get, we can't see, we haven't seen because it's collapsed and we don't know what's behind that. Um, whatever may be down in those deeper levels, there may be like a much more intricate or or other uh protections there beyond where it's collapsed and like the last layer of protection is these kings of winter who you know um, have their iron swords across their laps that that could you know in some way the presence of iron or the iron door could keep could keep a a white walker you know in you know uh, hidden away or whatever you know so I don't know and it does it does seem like the night king is searching for something you know and so uh, if that's a lover, that would be crazy. That would be wild, I think, you know, and it would be kind of cool. We'd have to maybe get in, like another flashback um, explaining. Maybe we get that same character, um, you know, being the last hero seeking out Nisa and Nisa. And we see that person plunge their sword into, you know, her her heart or whatever. So uh, there's some things with the timeline, too. We had talked about, you know, could the 13th Lord Commander be one and the same? And it's just like have been around before the wall was there how many years you know how many lord commanders how long did they serve remember we kind of talked about that and um just whether or not that would work out age-wise or what have you and i think it i think it would it just it just depends you know we don't know how long um each of those commanders served for and things so that's something else to think about um trying to think yeah yeah the only question i have is if and this is something we can talk about raven's nest is so if the Night King's goal is to come down and the curse, mm-hmm. then I guess that just makes the the final battle against, you know, obviously there's a lot more. This is book heavy as well. Um, but, you know, I guess that would make that final battle against kind of Cersei. Right. Or is that just going to be how it kind of ends? So I'm curious to know kind of what Lord Adam Parker's uh, vision for the end is, if that's going to be kind of the way that it would end that that's part side of the story right yeah because you know is the battle at winterfell it's almost like you know if you knew that the night king was just coming to end the curse and to live out his days peacefully with nisa nisa or even just to to die with her to end her suffering and to end his suffering well my god roll out the the, the red carpet right let alone but if you don't Absolutely. know if yeah and, and, and if you don't um, understand it. It was like, did they make an agreement that said, you know, to him, you're banished to the land of always winter. And if you ever, you know, come back, then we'll, 
do worse to Nisa Nisa, you know what I'm saying? Or like um, they separate the two so they don't continue to make those sacrifices, right? Because, you know, as Lord Adam Parker right. was suggesting, there were, you know, um, to what we see, we see 12, right? With with the Night King and right. and perhaps there's something behind the, the number 13 and needing needing that many. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's all kind of interesting. Cause so you so the so one half of the story could end at Winterfell, right? And you could have this whole thing with the Night King is is over and done, and he's just there trying to um, end his curse. It, you would think the children of the forest would know a little something about that, you know. But but they're probably thinking that, you know, most people would would think he wants revenge on all of mankind. But the people who cursed him and who did these things to him are long gone, unless brand you know, our brand right now is a reincarnation of, of brand, the builder, uh, you know, or, or brand, the breaker, whoever from long ago. Um, right. That would be so, a tar- someone he would, he would be targeting and the children of the forest. So perhaps he, even if he does free Nisa Nisa, as Adam Parker is suggesting, and then decides, Hey, I'm also going to roll on down to the Isle of faces and I'm going to wipe out all these, you know, <laughs> these children, you know, right. uh, that, no, absolutely, yeah. I mean, who knows what, what else he might be, you know, thinking there so yeah i don't know i, I and he also addresses a lot of different things too you know counterpoints like you know the night king has been around for six to eight thousand years why now and it's it has to do with mm-hmm. with magic and you know that it has sort of come back with with these dragons that that uh daenerys has and you know just that like when when valeria the freehold was around you know if he were to march down he's worried that he's going to be destroyed just by two right. to three hundred fire breathing dragons you know what i mean um so yeah and then he's also trying to get a dragon himself to counter he just wants to get in there and 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 rescue and hit from his point of view you know maybe he's well also also remember um the night's watch was much stronger back in those days yeah true so there was that as well. Now, now the Night's Watch has dwindled and dwindled and dwindled into almost nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only part that I was a little bit, you know, let me go back here. Just were they always there? Because he, he does mention that the White Walkers have always been right. there. And that this person, Azor High, just became their leader when he, when he um, you know, fought against them or, or what have you. You know, and also, you know, then you have to kind of explain Nisa Nisa when he stabs her you know, with his blade and that and her soul and essence is trans transferred into Lightbringer. Um, he uses that sword to beat them back and then Bran the Builder builds the wall and then Nisa Nisa, you know, he I mean Lord Adam Parker is saying that then she becomes a White Walker because of that. You know? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so so that's that 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 was the that's a little bit it's it's different than anything I've ever heard. I've never, you know, I don't I know a lot of people have thoughts on on Azor Ahai and Nisa Nisa and even the Crypts of Winterfell, but I thought that was kind of unique in that how how she was um, how how she then turned into the Corpse Queen, you know, um, right? So and that she's walking around and things. So you know, I don't know. I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. Why would she was she shunned? I mean, how did she get beyond the wall? You know, in the first place. In the first place, yeah. If if she was. You know, if he plunged that sword into her uh, south of the wall, you know, just things like that. So that was just a couple couple follow ups. I went and I can't wait because we're going to have Lord Adam Parker on and and uh, hopefully we'll get some comments from folks and, and you know, uh, add add to what he's what he's, you know, said here, because I he, I think he's kind of, you know, I mean, this is really good. I, I I could I could really, really, really see the Night King being after. Um, a lover or or something or even freeing the if it's not Nisa Nisa then just freeing maybe the the um the god of 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 winter the god of death or whatever if they've somehow trapped a or some other great being who could take his place you know in the crypts of Winterfell and it is you know you think about that it is kind of ironic that that Winterfell is built on those hot springs and so you know we know those creatures, White Walkers don't like iron. They don't like hot. They don't like the sun and things. And and um, you have a werewood right there in the Godswood that's watching and keeping track of everything. Its roots are going deep into the ground, you know, and, and can be and can see and hear many things. So fascinating. It's honestly fascinating. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 
Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, I just want to say thank you again to Lord Adam Parker for sending us this yep. awesome, huge theory. Um, we'll be talking about this a lot more next week in our Raven's Nest, and I'm sure he'll be on uh, so we can uh, discuss it with him as well. So, yeah, just want to say thank you for sending yeah, it. Yeah, thanks again, Lord Adam. You're the, you're the best, man. We appreciate it. So, all right. Well, uh, we will see you guys in a week, I suppose, for, for Raven's Nest. And uh, remember that, as always, winter is coming.